As I sit here and getting ready to dive into another podcast, I want to first of all thank my listeners that have took the time to listen to it. Uh, I want to thank my guest over the weekend because my podcast couldn't have been what it has been had it not been for those who participated. A lot of things have taken place over the weekend, and one of the hot-button topics right now is Cam Newton has a home. Cam Newton has a home. Cam Newton is no longer waiting for he has a new home. Cam is now a New England Patriot. So what does that mean for the Patriots moving forward? Well, there's one article that says the move to the Patriots, little risk, huge potential, and a new look Patriots offense. How about the fact that Cam is a former MVP and he's replacing an MVP? How often does that happen? What Cam Newton will we see? Chances are we won't see the old running Cam Newton. Cam has been banged up. And some have said, even though he has passed his physical, we still don't know what Cam can do because he hasn't played. He's, he hasn't played in a, what, a little over a year. But if he says he's ready, you almost have to take him at his word. In the end, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots made too much sense for each other. In a league in which every other starting quarterback opportunity was full, the Patriots gave the former NFL MVP his only realistic chance of being a week one starter on a competitive team. And while I don't doubt that the Patriots still believe Jared Stidham is capable of being a starter, at the NFL level, the chance to acquire the 2015 MVP when the alternatives were Stidham and Brian Hoyer was always going to interest coach Bill Belichick at the right price. We might never know whether Belichick delayed the timing of the Newton signing to coincide with the news that the Patriots had lost a third round pick from the latest in their series of league investigations. Why does that not sound new? But by the time we get to September, it won't matter. New England might have come away with the bargain of the offseason by agreeing to terms with Newton on a one-year deal reportedly for the league minimum. 
Newton also can reportedly make up to 7.5 million in incentives before he would presumably be able to hit the market again under far better circumstances in 2021. So we jump to the grade for the deal. The facts about Newton's post MVP career to start. There's very little risk here for the Patriots. They have only about 1.8 million in cap room. So depending on how the incentives are structured, they might need to create additional space to get Newton under contract. They can achieve that by extending guard Joe Tooney or cutting someone such as Rex Burkhead, Dietrich Wise Jr., or Jermaine Ella Menor. If Newton gets hurt or isn't able to beat out Stidham, New England would presumably be out only about $1 million. When you consider the organization paid Antonio Brown more than $9 million for one game last season, you can see just how little the Patriots have to lose by adding Newton. Of course, that's the $7 million question. If we knew that Newton was healthy, there's little chance he would be available in the market for the league minimum. He hasn't been healthy for a regular season snap since the first half of 2018. And with the coronavirus rampaging through America this spring summer, no team has been able to get Newton in for a work. It was going to be impossible for a team to commit to him as its starter on significant money, even if he is a better option than someone like Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew. The chances of a healthy or at least much healthier version of Newton showing up for the Patriots this season are much better than some would suggest. The idea that he hasn't been a valuable quarterback since his 2015 MVP campaign is a product of selective memory. Let's take a quick look back through the recent history to explain why I'm optimistic. Newton wasn't very good in 2016 when an injury-riddled Carolina Panthers team fell from 15-1 to 6-10. His line was beaten up by injuries, and his top wide receiver was Kelvin Benjamin, who is now out of football. The Denver Broncos laid waste to Newton in their Super Bowl rematch in Week 1, and he would eventually miss time with a concussion before returning to the field. He finished 25th in QBR that year at 47.1, falling just below then-Miami Dolphins starter and recently successful reclamation project Ryan Tannehill at 48.6. If you think Newton was done because of his injury history, consider that Tannehill tore an ACL at the end of that season, did it again the following offseason, missed time with a capsule injury in his shoulder, in 2018 and still earned a massive contract after getting a chance to play in 2019. In 2017, while Newton didn't return to his MVP form, he was still a useful quarterback, despite Greg Olson for most of the season and general manager Dave Gettleman choosing to make a disastrous investment in left tackle Matt Khalil. Newton finished the year 19th in QBR at 51.5. He was effective enough as a passer and runner to lead 
a Panthers team 2011-5 record and a playoff berth. In week four, 2017, he delivered one of his most impressive performances of the season. The former Auburn star went 22-29 for 316 yards with three touchdowns and an interception while adding 44 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground and beating the Patriots at Foxborough 33-30. Newton won his prior game against the Pats in 2013 as well. His combined line against Belichick has seen him post a pass rating of 128.2 while also carrying the ball 15 times for 106 yards. I don't think Belichick makes his decision based on two games, but the man knows how difficult a healthy Newton can be to stop. In the hopes of keeping him healthy and building a more effective offense around the combination of his skills, with those of running back Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers made changes during the 2018 offseason. In came Noah Turner, who surprisingly installed a more modern offense than the one Newton ran under Mike Shula. The Panthers used their top two picks on wideouts DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, although the latter also was injured. Olsen still missed time, and the offensive line was cobbled together as a result of injuries, but there was more around Newton than there had been over the prior three seasons. Newton played excellent football through the first half of 2018 with Carolina sitting pretty at 6-2 in the NFC South. He was 10th in the league in pass rating at 100.8 and 12th in QBR at 63.1. Often, one of the deepest Average passers in football, he was given shorter passes to throw and magically improved his completion percentage to 67.3. The former first overall pick was averaging nearly four touchdowns for every interception and producing nearly 280 yards from scrimmage per game. He was fourth on my midseason MVP ballot that year. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Panthers 52-21 in Week 10. Pretty quickly, it became clear that Newton's right shoulder was a problem. He struggled to make those with zip over the second half of the season, and while he battled through the injury before eventually sitting out in late December, the Panthers collapsed during the second half. He underwent shoulder surgery after that season. It's important to make this distinction between because if you weren't paying attention to the Panthers last summer and into the preseason, you might have missed an important piece of information. By all accounts, Newton healed from that shoulder injury. One report from Kemp lauded the return of his deep ball, which had gone missing as a result of the shoulder injury the prior year. He looked to be back on schedule to return as the Panthers' primary quarterback, and while I'm sure there would have been some growing pains, there was no suggestion that he was still being bothered by his shoulder when the next injury struck. Newton suffered a Lisfranc injury to his left foot in the preseason loss to Belichick's Patriots. He sat out the remainder of the season before returning for week one, but when I watched Newton play against the Los Angeles Rams, I didn't see a quarterback who was struggling for velocity or arm strength. From how he was 
moving and how many passes he sailed over his receivers, it was clear he wasn't comfortable planting his foot. After the issue was even more obvious during a Thursday night loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the following week, the Panthers shut him down. When the injury didn't heal with rest, the Panthers placed Newton on injury reserve ending his season. While a list frank injury can be disastrous for receivers, it's not typically a career-impacting injury for quarterbacks. Matt Schaub hit injury reserve with a list frank injury in 2011 and returned to make the Pro Bowl the following season. Taysom Hill suffered a similar injury in college, and while it cost the BYU quarterback most of his senior year, he has been able to return and move just fine. Newton should be recovered from both the 2018 shoulder surgery and the 2019 foot surgery. Is it possible Newton has simply taken too many hits and has grown brittle? I suppose, but we have plenty of examples of quarterbacks who suffered multiple serious injuries and were able to rebuild their career. Tannehill, who is nearly a year older than Newton, comes to mind. Randall Cunningham dealt with an ACL injury in an era in which it was far more career-threatening to come back at 35 to deliver an all-pro season for the Minnesota Vikings. Steve McNair battled through injury after injury and was a Pro Bowl caliber passer at age 32 and 33. I don't know whether Newton will get back to his old self, but it's premature to write him off. I will have more on this when I come back after this from one of my sponsors. I am back, and now we ask this question. What could the Patriots' offense look like? A healthy Newton has to be considered the favorite to win the starting quarterback job in New England. Stidham was about to become the second player in league history taken after pick number 100 to start for his team in week one of his second season after not starting as a rookie. While the Patriots were optimistic enough about Stidham's chances to avoid making a more significant move before now, the most we can say about the 2018 fourth rounder is that he represented something totally unknown. Before the Newton signing, there was already evidence that the Patriots were going to change their offense. Even the most optimistic Patriots fan couldn't suggest that Stidham was going to be Tom Brady. He wasn't going to have Brady's accuracy, experience reading defenses, or ability to avoid turnovers. That was never going to happen. What the Patriots did this offseason instead was build around a more run-heavy attack. They put the franchise tag on Tooney, meaning that the Pats are set to spend nearly $28 million on guards this season, $6.5 million more than any other team. They got back David Andrews after their starting center missed the entire season with a pulmonary embolism with a pulmonary embolism. Signed fullback Danny Vitale to replace the retiring James Devlin and then used a pair of third round picks on tight ends Dalton King 
and Devin Asashi, both of whom are regarded as plus blockers. With Stidham, this offense would have likely looked something akin to a modern version of the attack the Patriots ran in 2001 when they had something closer to a 50-50 run-pass split. Brady's job was to convert friendly third downs and protect the football. It worked. The Patriots were 11th in offensive DVOA and won a Super Bowl with a defense that was only 13th in DVOA. The 2020 Patriots should be much better than that on defense. That formula was going to be competitive with the Buffalo Bills for a division title even before adding Newton. If Newton does win the job, the Patriots probably will build something closer to the offense he was working under during his time with Turner in Carolina. With the Panthers trying to get the ball out of Newton's hands quicker, the concerns about accuracy and efficiency that might have otherwise made him and the Patriots seem like a bad fit went away. Newton had just four interceptions and four fumbles over the first half of the 2018 campaign. That's an outlier given the rest of his career. But it's the only time Carolina didn't have a healthy Newton in an offense when the Panthers were expecting him to average 10 air yards per pass attempt. You could also see the Patriots borrow concepts that have worked elsewhere. It wouldn't be shocking if they were to steal some ideas out of Greg Roman's playbook for Jamar Jackson and use heavy doses of motion to manipulate teams and create opportunities for Newton as a runner. New England has always been aggressive with trying to stay ahead of the offensive curve and attempting to build its offense around what is undervalued. In 2007, the team traded for Randy Moss and Wes Welker and incorporated a spread attack. Three years later, it drafted Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, and the offense shifted into becoming 12 personnel. When Chip Kelly took hold of the Philadelphia Eagles, the Patriots were one of the first teams to really emphasize pace and up and tempo, even before Kelly joined the league. The Baltimore Ravens might have beaten the Patriots to the punch, but Belichick isn't going to write off the league's most effective offense as a gimmick. What it all comes back to for me is this. When the Patriots haven't been able to simply blow past teams with talent like they could in 2007, their core offensive concept has been versatility. Because they've had Gronkowski, Devlin, Julian Edelman, and a variety of versatile running backs, the Patriots have always been able to create a mismatch. They can go three or four wide and still have the blocking ability to run the football effectively. When they sent out 22 personnel and made it look like they were going to run the ball, they had the athletes to motion out or work off of play action and beat an opponent's base defense in the passing game. Is how the Patriots won their last Super Bowl. Last year, with Gronkowski retired, Devlin injured, and a replacement-level group of tight ends, the Patriots didn't have that ability to disguise their intentions with their personnel or the flexibility to shift from one concept to the other.
they might have wanted to run the ball more effectively. But when Sonny Michelle was in the game, they ran it 67% of the time. Only two players who played 300 offensive snaps or more were better indicators of whether their team was going to run the ball. And one of them was Ravens fullback Patrick Ricard when James White came in. The Pats threw the ball 81.8% of the time. Only three other players were a more obvious tale. New England suffered both running and throwing the football. The Patriots didn't get Gronkowski back this offseason, but by replenishing at fullback and tight end, they were able to restore some semblance of versatility. By adding Newton to replace Brady, they've upgraded that versatility and added uncertainty at the one position where they didn't have it during the Gronkowski era. They were fine without Brady as a run threat, given everything else he could bring to the table. But if Newton is healthy, he can give them a runner who can barrel through undersized boxes out of 10 or 11 personnel or someone who can take advantage as a passer when teams load up the box to stop the run. In that sense, he is less a replacement for Brady and more a replacement for Gronkowski. I will have more when I come back. So now for the grade, A minus. Having said all that, while the Patriots aren't incurring much financial risk by signing Newton, there is an opportunity cost that drops this grade ever so slightly. Naturally, there's a chance he fails his physical, which would render this whole thing a waste of time while simultaneously jabbing at Stidham's confidence. If Newton stays healthy enough to soak up the majority of the preseason reps with the ones and then suffers a season-ending injury in week two, the Patriots will have wasted their time when Stidham could have desperately used those snaps. Even if Newton does start and plays well enough to start, there's a chance this doesn't move the needle for the Patriots. If Newton is the 24th best quarterback in football, they will probably go 9-7 and seven and not be good enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. And they will likely move on from Newton after the season without having found their long-term quarterback. They would then enter next year with the same questions about Stidham and their future at the position. Only with Stidham a year closer to free agency and the market much less likely to bear starting options. In that dream scenario in which Newton stays healthy and the Patriots compete for a Super Bowl, there are still some modest downsides side for the team. They were unable to convince Newton to sign a multi-year deal or get any sort of option on him for 2021 if he excels as the starter. It's unclear whether the Pats will have the right to franchise him after the season if he does return to form. They'll be able to afford a tag for him given that the Pats are projected with more than $86 million in cap space. 
But if his camp negotiate a tag refusal as part of this deal, the Patriots won't have a lot of leverage in resigning him. This is an obviously smart move for the Patriots, even if it doesn't work out. Merely having Newton on their roster when he could have served as a high upside backup for such rivals as the Bills, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, and Tennessee Titans would have been worth what the Patriots are paying him. For the Patriots to add a starter with Newton's upside this late in the process is almost a cliché. This has a strong case to become the best free agent signing of the offseason. And there you have it. The Patriots and Cam Newton. What do you think? It is said that the some call it the AFC least. I call it the Patriot East because until someone unseats them in the AFC East, it's their conference to lose. The Buffalo Bills was a vastly improved team last year, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. Of course, that was a Brady-led team. My predictions this year is I see four wins against the Jets and the Dolphins. I see a split between them and the Bills. Somehow, if they can have a decent showing against Kansas City, I don't see them beating Kansas City, but at least a decent showing against Kansas City will give not only Cam Newton a boost of confidence in his ability, but it gives the team a shot of confidence that, hey, we can play this game. So now the long, long, the long question on everybody's mind is, if the Patriots are successful this season, make a playoff run, Was it because of Belichick or was it because of Brady? Same thing can be said now that Brady's with Tampa Bay. Because that's going to be the storyline of the year. Can Brady win without Belichick? But the flip side is, can Belichick win without Brady? Some interesting storylines. And it remains to be seen. But it makes you say, I can't wait for the NFL.